Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City, live from Austin, Texas, your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengale. I'm sitting in the studio in Austin, and I'm joined over Zoom by by Mr. Les Kaiser. Les, how are you, buddy? Hey, doing good, doing good. Got a little uh, got a little shower out at the Circuit of the Americas, and I mean standing out on pit lane. But uh, <laughs> had to cut the day short and uh, call it a day. I know I was I was going to about to take out the low fast car today at a, for a kind of a late lunch and I decided mm, it looks a little gray out there I'm not going to take it out and thank goodness I didn't cuz I I got down to about 10th and Lamar had some lunch down there and it started pouring I got out of there and turns out that whole area flooded as usual down there so it was crazy we had 4 and a quarter inches in an hour right at that spot where I had lunch today. So it was crazy down there. Yeah, a lot of rain hit the Circuit of the Americas today. And, uh, you know, they're building up the MotoGP city, getting ready for that. It was great to see all those. Uh, hoping that's not all for naught. Uh, there's there's some rumors I heard this week, um, pandemic-related, that uh, MotoGP is is really watching what's happening in Central Texas as far as the pandemic and case counts. Uh, there's some concerns that uh, they may not make it over here or that it may be different in a very reduced or even eliminated audience on site. So uh, we're crossing our fingers. We're, uh, we're hoping everybody considers uh, that in addition to the reasons to uh, be safe around everyone else. I have some theories on that subject, Mr. Kaiser, and I will share them with you. But let me run down what we got on the show. As you might notice, Mr. Jonathan Green is not with us tonight. He is going to call in here in a minute because he has been out at Monterey uh, commentating the Monterey Historics on their stream all weekend. And man, that's one of the things I want to talk about because that was fun to watch. It was a great motorsports weekend because we had a triple header at Indy at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because you had the IndyCar race out there on Saturday. Then you had the Xfinity race, NASCAR Xfinity race, following that on Saturday. And then you had the Cup Car race today. So they had plenty going on out there. But there was there was Formula E, which I really didn't even get to watch. There was there was lots more, but. Um, but yeah, Jonathan's out there doing the uh, Monterey, and of course, man, that's less. That's a bucket list. I have not ever done that. There's a lot more than just the racing out there. There's the auctions. That and you went out there what back in 08, 09, something like that. I did. I was out there the year of the IndyCar Roadster was the theme of the year. A lot of times they'll focus on a mark or a theme or what have you. So it was fantastic seeing IndyCars dating back to the beginning of Indy that were out there running. Just a fantastic, if you're into motorsports, you know, there it's uh, for the, uh, it was the Rolex Historics at that time. And uh, if you're into four-wheeled motorsports, oh goodness, you got to make the Historics. And now if you're a participant on track, you want to plan and get there a little bit early for the opportunity to participate in what they call the pre-Historics. Not a joke. (laughs) 
I like that. The prehistorics racing. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was fun to watch. And so we're going to talk about IndyCar. We're going to talk about MotoGP, which was a fantastic race today. And MotoGP, I mean, IndyCar was great too, but MotoGP, the last five laps of that, I don't think I've seen anything quite like that, at least not in recent memory with MotoGP. So that was fun. And we also have a couple of guests. We have one live guest. We have a really interesting guest, Les. This is a young man. His name is Ryan Sheehan, and he's going to be joining us here in about 20 minutes at 7.30 Austin time. And I believe Ryan is 16 now, and we've been following him. Jonathan and I have actually been doing a little help with some of their uh, – We help. They, they do a debrief after each of his races. And he's been racing in the U.S. Formula, the Formula 4 U.S. Championship, right? And so that means he's going to be racing here in Austin – for Formula One, actually twice they're doing, they're coming here twice. And so he's, he was in karting last year and he moved up to F4 this year and he has done really well. And it's really great to see a young Austin kid who got his start in racing because he went to a race. His dad took him, I think, to Formula One back in, you know, several years ago when he was just a single digit kid and he fell in love with it. And so he's been, he started karting when he was like 12 or 13 years old, maybe even younger. We'll have to get his whole story. But, you know, this is what we've been wanting to see, especially right here in Austin, is young Americans getting enthusiastic because of what's happening in Formula One, working their way up through the karting ladder, through the F4, F3, F2 ladder, just like all the European racers and worldwide racers have done to get into Formula One. And, and he's had some really good success in just this year. So this is a really fascinating story. And so we're going to have Ryan on here in just a few minutes, unless you got to uh, talk to a young 11-year-old racer. Tell us about that. You bet. Uh, been following Michael Lee Sanchez for a while, and uh, we've got a great interview with his father, uh, really just kind of an introduction to folks about Mikey Lou. He... Mikey is, uh, like I said, 11 years old, little guy, uh, spent part of the day out at Circuit of the Americas with him uh, in a track day for motorcycles and uh, just really seeing and getting caught up with him. We met him a few years ago. Again, up and coming competitor, American. He lives just a little ways outside of Austin here and uh, has just returned from Spain. Uh, he spent the summer in Spain competing uh, as Ryan did you going overseas to find that competition that to hone your skills to everything about the racing craft and the racing business. And so a great story. We're going to share that with you as well. All right. Well, I think I want to talk MotoGP first, Les. Um, let's start with this at the Red Bull ring, right? So it's the Austrian GP. Oh, yeah. And just noticing, uh, there was, I'm going through my notes, 86,000 people. As you notice, the stands looked pretty full. So that was encouraging. And again, like I said, I want to talk about COVID here in Austin here. We'll do that right as we come out of the first break. But, but 86,000 people and... The first thing that jumped out at me was I thought, you know, Mark Marquez with his physical condition, I don't know what's going to happen with him because he was looking really good at the start of the race. In fact, he looked really good for most of this race. And, and, and of course, you know, the, the, at the beginning of the race, it looked like there was going to be some rain at the race. Right. And Marquez was the only one on soft tires. And we got to what about, I think it was 28 lap race. We were like 23 laps in and it still hadn't rained. And, and then the rain started happening and that's when this became an incredible race. Les, did you get to see the entire thing? Oh yeah. And you know, the, there were several things that came into play. Uh, Johan Zarco crashing out, you know, was a big you know, impact to begin with, but yeah, when the rain came in at the end of the race, you know, that's, that's one of the things even, the Formula One crowd know, and they watch that area. It's just in a precarious location geographically that uh, that happens. And it can be quite torrential as well. But the strategy that played out, you know, as the rain came, 
you know, one of a uh, one of the Speed City friends, KTM rider Brad Bender, rolled the dice, <laughs> stayed on his dry tires. And you know how, you know, if, if you've ever walked across ice and you had to go and it was slippery and you were slow and just really cautious. This is what Brad Bender made me feel like, you know, uh, Colin, as Colin Edwards say, you know, tighten the sphincter and, and move along. <laughs> he was on edge for the rest of that, keeping the bike straight up and he would be off the bike, keeping control of the bike keeping it from sliding out from under him because he did remain on dry tires finished up on the podium well uh well brad bender won the race and i mean this was incredible so we had five laps to go then the rain came and in fact just like it happens so often in motorsports there was rain in part of the track and it wasn't raining in the other part so we're sitting there following the leaders right so with marquez and and the rest of the leaders all up front and then the rain starts happening and all of a sudden we see jack miller and and wren's coming into the pits with five laps to go to go with rain tires rossi uh <laughs> rossi was had ended up uh, in the top 10 in points and looking great but so then multiple riders throwing their arms up all and then all the top top five leaders came in with three laps to go because of the rain and to put on let, uh, wet tires and that's when bender he was in sixth when the rain started, and he stayed out. So all the top riders came in. Bender comes, goes straight to the top. And then all of a sudden, we got, you know, we got three or four laps to go. And I look up, and there are six riders battling for the lead of this race because of what's happened. And so Bender's out on, on slicks, just coming to some of the corners, looking like he's going 10 miles an hour. You know, I don't obviously not that slow, but it looked like it because of the rain and because trying to keep slick tires in the rain. It was just crazy. And did you see that that Rossi got up to second with just a couple of laps to go? He ended up finishing eighth. And then Marquez goes down because he had, you know, obviously gone in for wet tires and was trying to catch back up and ended up crashing out with two laps to go. And, I mean, I saw Bender sideways with just a few corners to go I mean, literally no lean angle, totally weird looking in MotoGP. Instead of exactly. 60, 60 degree lean angles, we had literally no lean angle. And I mean, some of the riders to, to me just looked like they were almost at a standstill on that last lap. And and right. I noticed that Peko Bagnaya was 15 second quicker on wet tires than Bender was on that last lap. 15 seconds. I mean, we're talking a lap is what, a minute a minute 30, minute 28, something like that. And he was 15 seconds quicker. So everybody was catching Bender. He was riding, like you said, on the ice. It was so much fun to watch. And there's so much more to that. You've got to go back and watch that because it was really one of the most exciting MotoGP races I've seen in a while. It was uh, one of the ones that, you know, I've been enjoying since meeting him. And uh, he's got an awesome connection uh, through family is Jorge Martin. Jorge Martin passed something like nine riders in the last lap and a half to get him up to third position for the podium. So on podium, you've got Brad Bender on the top step, Bagnaya on the second, and Jorge Martin on the third. Fabio uh, Cuadraro, always have a tough one with that. Cuadraro. Yeah, he, he's still in seventh, but that's still pushing his championship lead out front. It's not over. This is an exciting season. You know, a lot of new names. It's the new generation that's here. And also, uh, you know, Valentino Rossi taking his curtain call this uh, in this season. And so uh, there's a lot of passion and a lot of excitement around that. Well, I was really enjoying that. And I'm sure our uh, our boys over at Ducati Austin were, have been enjoying this season with Ducati, the success they've had. In fact, I went over to uh, to see the guys at Ducati Austin, and uh, I got to sneak in the back and see a crazy six-figure Ducati that's ready for MotoGP racing. So I'm sure they were I having... Those. Yeah. Uh, those were out at Circuit of the Americas today and uh, hung out with Vito and the Ducati Austin crowd, and it was fantastic. Uh, that bike is truly spectacular. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Ducati Austin and MotoGP, the first weekend of October, uh, folks, you know, if you're uh, if you traditionally come and join us at the big Ducati Austin event for that weekend, keep your ears open. 
there's going to have to be some changes, but uh, they are working through those now. Don't uh, don't just call it off, but uh, stay tuned. Oh yeah, no way, man. I, I I have a lot of thoughts about this, about what's, and we need to go to break. And I also communicated with Circuit of the Americas today about the second, the possibility of the second Formula One race. And I'll tell you about that after the break as well. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hi, Brendan Hartley. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Brendan Hartley, for bringing us back. Speaking of Brendan Hartley, I was watching the Monterey Historics and watching some of the LMP cars, the LMP, they looked LMP1, they, maybe they were LMP2, right towards the end of the coverage just a couple hours ago, and that was really cool. But hey, I promised we would talk about all the possibilities for October here in Austin, because we are scheduled as we stand, as we stand, we are uh, uh, Formula One, October 24th, and MotoGP, October 7th, with a couple of weekends in between there, for possible second races for both of those series, by the way. There's been rumors of both. Now, the Formula One rumor has been very, very strong. Lots of, I mean, all the commentators all over the planet, everybody, all the pundits talking about it. And 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 clearly so has Formula One because we had Bobby Epstein on the show and he said they called him about it, about the possibility. Now, right about now is when we thought we would know. I talked to Coda today. And they said there's no there's no definitive answer as of yet. Now, Les, you're talking about the gloom and doom of COVID. And yes, it's been horrible the last two weeks, especially. I mean, things getting canceled. I've been watching ACL. I've been watching all the big music festivals, any sort of gathering. I've been watching all over the United States. And they've been doing everything from requiring uh, COVID tests to COVID vaccination proof to all these different things. But uh, what I noticed, and I talked to our producer who is a news hound because he produces news shows during the week. And he said, it looks like the curve, <laughs> the curve has, has, uh, has started to, to turn down here in Austin. 
And I'm I'm not I'm really just watching Austin at this point because that's what that's what FOM is going to watch. That's what Dorna for MotoGP is going to watch, and the curve is turned down. So here we are at August fifteenth. If that turn continues the direction it's going, and we see similar, if you go back and look at the other previous two peaks, and you if you look at those curve shapes, we could see a pretty dramatic difference. By um, there we go, our producer's putting that up. If you're watching us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, and if you look at those curve shapes, they're pretty sharp up and they're pretty sharp down. It's like everybody goes, "Oh wait, we're still in a pandemic. I guess we need to start acting like it." whatever that means to you. And so I know that vaccinations are up. In fact, I know they're up here in Austin. I've seen those stats. So if we get to see the curve heading back down the other direction and it happens as quick as it has before, a month from now, especially two months from now, when all this stuff is happening, we might be back in good shape. And at least, I don't know what that means. They may still have restrictions on either how many people or what it does, but it does mean in my mind, that more than likely we will get racing. So that's my that's my soapbox on that. But apparently, Mr. Jonathan Green, after being on the microphones for about 20 of the last 40 hours, has decided to call in and and get us up to date at what happened out in Monterey because he was commentating the Monterey Historics. And Jonathan, I listened to hours of your coverage. Fantastic job, you and Adam Andretti out there, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah, we just left the circuit, and uh, we're on our way back to San Jose. And do we know the way to San Jose? There was a song about that. But anyway, we're having a lovely time. Four days on the road, and I'm with Mr. Andretti. He's driving like Andretti uh, as we speak, and we're on our way back uh, to the land of Nod, which is sleep, because we don't want to speak anymore. But we'll talk to you. We've had a great four days. Uh, Well, Jonathan, I'm so jealous because... Not only do you have the historic racing that you guys talked about all weekend on the microphones out there, but there's so much going on out there. This is such a bucket list thing with the auctions. I mean, how was it just being in that area, seeing cars not only uh, at the events, but probably everywhere? Well, as you know, I do SBRA every, uh, you know, every other week or so, as well as Trans Am. So why don't we ask our resident Trans Am driver and MotoGP correspondent, Mr. Andretti himself, because it was his first historic. Adam, what do you reckon? You know, it was that that event there was um, was so special for me to to get to be a part of uh, in so many ways, and um, a being able to share the booth there with John with my buddy Jonathan and uh, talk cars, what we love to do, what <laughs> we really just have passion for is is all things motorsports. So we were even able to pepper some motorcycle stuff in there with our with our personal hero. Wayne Rainey uh, showing up since he's just over the hill there and got to spend some time with him there. It was just such a uh, broad range of activity and broad range of excitement for us to take in that, honestly, we've been sitting in this vehicle right now, and I am hands-free driving, just so everyone knows. I'm on a hands-free device. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but no, um, we've been actually just reminiscing about what our favorite cars were and the experience, so... Um, if anyone's wondering about the authenticity of our experience, uh, we're still here hours later uh, talking about it, <laughs> unsolicited talking about it. Oh, uh, man, it was so much fun to listen to you guys. By the way, Adam, great job, by the way. Fantastic. You guys, both of y'all did a great job. And and one of the funnest things to me was watching you guys and watching the racing, but having all the chat going on YouTube. I mean, and that's a great way to watch a motorsport event because everybody was chiming in, talking about their memories of each of the cars they were watching and then tangent conversations about their favorite Corvette or their favorite Bugatti or whatever it was. Uh, but it was, it was a blast watching you guys and everybody loved it. And right when you guys were signing off, I don't know if, if they should tell you guys because everybody in the chat was saying thank you to each of you and was, and thanking you for doing what you did. It was really, it was great fun. And thank you guys. Well, thank you so much. That's such kind words to hear. And, uh, very humbling as well. You know, it's, uh, I'm very, very new to this game. I'm very uh, fresh to the game of commentary. I, I certainly enjoy it. I've been blessed with the gift of gab, so I'm, uh, I'm rarely at a loss for words, as most of you know by now. Mainly need to be poked or given, you know, given a hand by John when I need to actually <laughs> cut my mouth off because it's time for us to go do something else and talk about something else. But I, it was, it was, it was so great to hear that. I'm very humbling to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> That is so cool. And, you know, the other thing, uh, Adam and Jonathan, you don't have to leave empty handed. 
there were auctions going on too. <laughs> and there were we some. tell you what we were driving in. Uh, what are you driving? Oh, oh great, great. We bought yeah. McLaren, uh, 18.5 million. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, I'm pretty sure Jonathan has your credit card number. So, uh, you know. <laughs> I use the Speed City card. Is that all right? That's Any fine. That's fine. Activity, go ahead and accept. That's fine because I get to drive it too then. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Hey, Business. by the way, I've got, a, I've got a story for you. I found out that Marco, another Andretti, has got a roof. So you're in good company, buddy. Ah, another roof owner. I like that. That's cool. Hey, I don't know if he still has it, but he had a Cayenne Turbo roof, a roof version of that. And um, I, I swear you could fit all the way up to your bicep into the exhaust pipe. It was such a large <laughs> outlet. Um, but I don't know if he still has it anymore. I doubt it because he keeps cars about as long as I keep shirts. <laughs> Well, guys, it was great fun, and we're gonna we're gonna let you guys go because I know that you're exhausted. I know I've been on the microphones and in the car, so thank you all for for catching us up to speed. And yeah, Adam, we'll get you back on Speed City whenever you can, man. We really appreciate you uh, you helping Jonathan out, and we'll talk to you guys soon. I love to be on anytime. Thank you so much. All right, bye, guys. Yeah, I oh, saw I saw one. Well, it was. Did you see? I think it was this weekend where. One of the original Ford GTs never got assembled, right? It it was still all the original parts, and it I think it was at this auction, but it it was basically a brand new car because it had never been driven, never never you know never been you know never been harooned like it properly should have been back in the back in the sixties. But hey, Les, I want to shift gears because we got our interviews coming up pretty quick. But I want to talk about IndyCar right now, and I'm gonna. I'm going to go to our. Uh, I'm going to go to my notes because IndyCar was fantastic, and Will Power wins his 40th race, and that was fantastic to watch. There's some really great things. Uh, one of the most interesting things. Did you see um, this rookie Christian Lungard? He was super impressive, man. He was. Did you, I don't know, Les? Did I think you said you you were at Dakota and never you didn't get to watch the race? But man, yeah, this guy was. I really did not uh, did not get to enjoy the IndyCar this weekend. Well, this rookie well, was great. He was really good. Christian Lungard, he was fantastic. The race started with Scott McLaughlin hitting the uh, curbs and going full airborne on the first lap. I, I was watching that, and I was thinking, I bet he went 20 feet in the air, but he did it in totally horizontal. It's just like the car popped up about two feet and then flew about 20 or 30 feet straight ahead and then landed. <laughs> It was very impressive. That was cool. Roman Grosjean ended up in second, and he was really, I mean, that was really exciting, Les. You know, that's the second time he's had second place this year. I think he's moved up to, like, 12th or 13th. He's been fun to watch this year. We had him on the show last time he was in second. I decided not to bother him this time. We did reach out to Will Powers folks, and they said that he was with his family, and if you saw his wife at the end of that race, she was so excited. She looked like it was his first win. He was so exciting. And um, there was lots of fun stuff happening. There was, um, I mean, there's some great battles. Pato Award and Alexander Rossi battling it out. And they were battling out for, for fourth. Uh, Graham Rahal made up nine positions. Uh, the last five or six laps of that race were so fantastic. And this was Will Power's fifth win there at Indy. And, of course, uh, he has led more than anybody at the Indy Road Course. He's led over uh, 300 laps. And this was the ninth different winner in IndyCar. But it was really fun to watch this race. It was really a, a great race and great a great Saturday. This triple header at, at Indianapolis with NASCAR there as well with both Xfinity and Cup Car today. So that was fantastic. But we are up against a break. And when we come back, we are going to have young Ryan Sheehan, an Austinite, young racer racing in F4. So stick with us through the break. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, this is Bob Barsha, commentator for sports cars, Barrett Jackson, collector car auctions, and more. You're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Yes, and you're a, if you're a fan of Bob Barsha and who's not, don't forget we have Bob as part of our Formula One coverage for every Grand Prix this week, this year. And we do those every Formula One weekend live on national radio. We do the pre-race and the post-race. So go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and find out how to listen to that. And before we go to our guest, I just want to cut a couple little uh, comments about the historics that Jonathan was commentating on out there. They had some, the uh, the television YouTube coverage was amazing. They had drone cameras and they had some fantastic angles. It was really, really amazing. I mean, shots that you, I mean, it's, this was coverage to me that even IndyCar F1, any NASCAR, anybody could learn from. They had some really amazing shots uh, out there for the historics. And one thing I put in my notes is that the Ford CEO, Jim Farley, was behind the wheel. And Les, do you know who Jim Farley's cousin is? Uh, nope. His I last sure name is a hint. His his cousin was the late, great, one of my favorites of all time, Chris Farley, you know, of Saturday Night Live and, and okay. movies. I, I would have been right. I just didn't say it. If you see, if you look at a picture of Jim Farley, you're going to go, Holy mackerel. I see it immediately. That's his cousin. Can you believe that? Isn't that cool? Interesting. Interesting. I would have I would have got it right. Should have guessed. Not too many Farleys. All right. Well, we're going to go to our guest. We are really excited to bring this gentleman on. He has been, he was on the show, I guess, I don't know, I guess last year, late last year, maybe early this year, but he's been on the show before. And I, I met Ryan Sheehan when he was 14-ish. Uh, a little while ago, we'll get his exact day age age here shortly. But and he's from Austin, and he became a fan by going to a race at Coda with his dad, and 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 he started karting, had some really great success, went to Europe karting, and then this year got into Formula Four, and you know you never know. This is the step, right? This is where you go from karting to Formula Four, where into the Formula U.S. Championship, right? The United States version of Formula Four. And, um, and he's got into this and all of a sudden last week at the race in Brainerd, he had three races and he, in those three races, he finished ninth, 10th and 11th in the points, two weekends. I mean, two of the three races and doing fantastic. And I want to welcome Ryan Sheehan to the show. Ryan, welcome to Speed City. Thank you for having me. Well, we're very excited to have a young Austin race driver on the show and, and we've been talking a bunch, Ryan, and been really excited to help out with you guys. But, I mean, tell everybody a little bit about your story. First of all, how old are you now? 16 now. That's what um, I thought. So when did you go see that race at Coda, and when did you start karting? 
Uh, I went in October of 2013. We went to an SVR race, SVRA race at Coda. And I started almost exactly a year later in September of 2014 at, uh, at age nine. That is awesome. So we've been talking about how to become a Formula One racer. And the, the, the secret formula is you start racing, no pun intended, you start racing in karting when you're single digits. And you've done that. So you you yeah. check you check that 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 box, but well, tell us about your karting career a little bit because I know you did some European karting, didn't you? Yeah, um, started at nine at the kind of local level. Um, that quickly became regional, and then about a year after we did regional, we started to move to the national level, where we started to travel um, around the U.S. in in some bigger events, and that eventually led to. The opportunity to go to France in 2019 um, to race there with a pretty well-known team, um, Strawberry Racing, um, which was a great experience. The racing is a lot different over there, um, but I think that that really taught me a lot about um, racing in general. Well, all right. So I know you've had, just like every race driver, there's ups and downs. You had a pretty catastrophic crash and put you in the hospital, didn't it? Yeah, um, was a pretty big one. Had a had a brake failure in Florida during testing uh, at the beginning of last year that knocked me out of commission for for a few months. But luckily, I was able to come back, um, still performing well. So I don't think it had any lasting impact. Well, I want to talk about now Formula Four. So. Tell us who you're racing for, but tell us more importantly, how you ended up meeting these guys in Formula 4 and convincing everybody that you were good enough to get into a Formula 4 car. So I raced with CrossLink Competition. Um, I started out karting with them. They have a karting program as well. Um, Started out with them in 2019, and that was just the obvious choice was to go with them in Formula 4. Since we already knew all the staff, all the mechanics, um, all the management, it was only natural to go with them. Um, luckily, I got the opportunity to test last year um, in November. And after that test, they were they were happy with the results. Um, and so they they offered me a ride. That is fantastic. And so tell us your first race was when? Earlier this year? Uh, yeah, March this year. And so how many... Let's see. How many races have you guys done? Y'all do two or three a weekend. So what are you up to now? Is total races like 15, 12, something like that? Total 16 or 12, 12. Yeah. I think 12. And so and when did you first get into the points? Uh, round, I think we had a top 10 in round four, but they didn't count it because it was um safety car the whole race. So I think round five. So the second weekend. Okay. And so this past weekend, I talked about your success, right? So two races in the points and two out of three in the points. I mean, looking at where you are, how quickly you've gone. I mean, let's not remember, let's not forget, guys, that this is spec racing. You're all out there in the same car. And what do we, on any average weekend, you got what, 20 cars on track, something like that, Ryan? Yeah, 23, 25 um, at some races. Yeah, so now that you're consistently moving into the top 10, I mean, that's got to be, uh, it's got to meet your expectations right now about where you are in your career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, my first year, the first couple of races already in the points um, is definitely definitely doing good there. Okay, so you've got, what, two more weekends? How many weekends left now? Three weekends left? We have two. Um, September and then F1 in October. Now, I, did they cancel the F1 in, no, excuse me, the F4 event that was post F1 that was going to happen in November and just move it into yes, the they, Formula One weekend? Okay. Yes. Yeah, they just switched it up. I was thinking they were going to continue with both of those. All right. So we'll have two races each weekend. Is that right? Two or three? Uh, three in the September round and then two because of the, the tighter schedule with F1. Okay. So you got five chances to win a race that i mean that's got to be your goal obviously every weekend when you go out there yeah 
Obviously. Yeah. It's every racing driver's goal to win when they go out there. Um, so yeah, winning is, is definitely my goal. All right. Well, Les Kaiser has a question for you. Yep. So Ryan, one of the things, uh, especially with younger drivers, everybody, you know, we talked about Max Verstappen came in and was kind of overly anxious and pulled some moves that were, yeah, I can't think of any other term, but immature. But we don't have that with you is what I've already seen is that you're cool under the collar and, and you just stay after it. Uh, to me, I find that astounding. But where does that come from for you? Uh, I think it's just kind of the way I've always been. I think that um, both of my parents are kind of that way. They're very logical, um, very smart. And so I think that it's I've just been raised that way where you always want to think about what you're doing before you, before you do it. Um, it can sometimes be a hindrance if you need to make um, a quick move, a do or die move. But I think it's definitely saved me from incident more times than it's caused something. Mm. And Les, following up on what you just said, so I've gotten to see a lot of Ryan's racing. We help Ryan with, they, they do a, a debrief. They got a really cool organization. Go to his website, ryansheehan.com, because they've got a really uh, very well-organized uh, process to go through this this ladder system. And so they've been doing these video debriefs that Jonathan and I've been helping with. I've seen a lot of his racing. And I love to watch your hands, Ryan, because you see so much of what a race driver's doing and feeling and going through right then. And your hands are so smooth. There's, you know, those nice deliberate movements and keeping that level head. And, you know, right now where you are in your career, you just said, well, maybe it might be a detriment. You're going to learn the rest of that. You're going to learn <laughs> when to go for it, especially if you keep putting all those miles under your belt and, 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 you know, honing your craft but he really is level-headed. And I think that's one of the most important things in a race driver. I mean, you obviously have to have the physical skills, but I think you've proven that you've got some physical skills because you've had success in karting and now you're starting to have success in formula four. And this is really fun to watch. And, and it, it's a nice Testament to the whole formula three, which is now FR America, formula regionals, America and the U and the F4 us championship. What are we up to, Ryan? Do you know how many seasons that we're up to in both of those? Isn't it? This is like the fifth season, isn't it? I believe it's the fifth in, in Formula Four and the fourth, I think, for um, the Formula Regional. That's right. It was one less. And this is all Honda-powered cars. The The Formula Four cars, you know, we all know about the new Honda Civic uh, R, I think it is. The really hot street car. It's got a turbocharged uh uh, 300 and something like 305 horsepower. Well, F4 is the same engine without the turbo. And then the F, the Formula Regional cars are with the turbo. But uh, there's a little bit of downforce in the F4 cars, right? Yeah, there are. Um, you can definitely feel it. It might not look like it's making much, but if you lose a wing, you can definitely start to feel the push in some of the higher speed corners. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good that we get to learn kind of a, what downforce feels like pretty early in our careers uh so let me ask you this we've we've mentioned people like max verstappen and comparing you to max verstappen that's a pretty good start right but let's talk about <laughs> absolutely talk about your goals i mean are you do you are you laser focused and say i'm going to be this i'm going to go to this series or are you career focused what how are you thinking about your career uh i think that almost any kind of um open wheel driver is obviously aiming towards formula one. Um, so that's definitely my, my first goal, but I'd honestly be happy just making a living racing. I think that that's the dream. Um, getting to do it as a career is, would be amazing. And so that, I think that that's the, the overarching goal, but formula one is, is, is my main goal. All right. So speaking of formula one, you're going to be racing in the same paddock with the Formula One drivers in October. Uh, so are you going to maybe, you know, wander through, maybe try to stumble into Gunther Steiner's office and introduce yourself? <laughs> How are you going to further your career that weekend, Ryan Sheehan? Uh, might take a stroll through the, the Formula One paddock, see, see who I can run into. Um, 
have a lucky encounter with someone. Uh, speaking of Formula One, have you been watching this year? And uh, are you a fan of any particular drivers? Or or tell us, what, what are your thoughts of Formula One this year? Absolutely. Um, I think it's been one of the closest years we've had in a long, long time. Um, probably since 2016 with, with Rosberg um, against Hamilton. I think that this has definitely been the, the best title fight we've had. Um, so I think that it'll be nice if it can keep going all the way till the end. Um, and as for drivers, uh, I'm a Verstappen fan. Um, oh, there we go. I mean, I really just, I really just want someone who can compete with, with Lewis, <laughs> but really a lot of the new generation, I'm a fan of the, uh, the, um, the Norris's, the Russell's, the Ocon's, um, I'm a big fan of all, all of them. Well, it has been a blast this year watching Formula One and being able to talk about it every week because it has been finally close this year. And I mean, you, you got to say that the Red Bull car has been faster than the Mercedes car mostly through the year. Uh, it, but yeah. Mercedes has continued to prove that it's that they are such a fantastic organization top to bottom. But, well, Ryan, um, tell everybody about how to to follow you how to what to you know how, what they're what to look for in october you know what car you're in and in uh because they're going to go to the, if they're listening to here they're, they're a good chance they might be at the formula one race yeah so we're on pretty much any social you can think of um at ryan sheehan official um follow us we post pretty much every day um all sorts of stuff videos um uh behind the scenes um schedules for the current weekend um, so lots to see there, um, and look forward the, uh, the bright orange car at Coda, um, in <laughs> October. Awesome. Ryan Sheehan, thank you. Best of luck for the rest of the season and best of luck with your career. Of course, we'll be talking to you a bunch and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care, buddy. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we have another interview we did out at Coda, but we're going to continue to talk a little more but we had some formula one stories we're going to try to sneak in there too and uh maybe even a little more from around the motorsports world you listen to speed city we're live in austin back after these messages We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Talk 1370, the right choice.
Hello to everyone, this is Gunther Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. I got a couple of Formula One stories less I want to talk about because there's been a couple of developments in the last week. Um, one, you know, we talked about COVID, we talked about Austin and all that. The organizers have confirmed that the Dutch GP will go ahead in September as, as planned with a two-thirds capacity crowd. So that's good news for all the Max Verstappen crazy fans that come out to every race. So that will be, uh, that is good news as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, I really do less. I, I know we were up against the break when I talked about my theory on the curve, the way it, that by October, hopefully that Austin will be under control and, 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 you know, who knows what that means exactly, whether we have a full crowd or not, but are you in agreement with me on all that? I am in agreement with you. Uh, you know, I think it's important, you know, uh, I wear a mask. I got vaccinated. I do all that. I'm not trying to be political about it, but the things you love, whether they're people, whether they're events or whatever, are being impacted by this. And so uh, I think we just have to recognize here's the impact of what's going on. And, uh, you know, like it or not, it, it's going to impact our life. Racing, you know, uh, racing's a big part of our life here at Speed City. And, uh, you know, gosh, we hope everybody stays safe and healthy. And uh, these are the things that can happen with it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and speaking with one of the press officers uh, that goes actually with both the MotoGP and Formula One paddock, uh, the buzz in both paddocks is looking at what's going in in Austin. You know what? Come on, team. Let, let's, you know, as, as a team here in Austin, please do whatever you can to help try to control this because racing, come on. <laughs> that's, that's like me. Beyond the, the friends and people we love and know, racing. Exactly. After my friends and family and everybody that I'm obviously concerned about, the first thing I think of is let's get this under control because we don't want to mess up our October here. <laughs> so we're about yeah. to have the best October in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, we really hope that that second race can happen here in Austin, and and obviously the reason that the second race was talked about here is because the vaccine the vaccine was so prevalent here and it was knocking down the cases. You know, I think a lot of people just said, hey, this is working and we're we're going to go back to our normal life in June. And we weren't quite ready to do that. And so but it looks like it's moving in the right direction again. So let's uh, let's hope that happens. But Les, um, you got to interview. You talked to him at the top of the show, this young 11 year old racer in uh, in two wheel racing. And you've got an interview. So set up this interview real quick. And um and let's hear from, yeah, you said it was his dad, right? Yeah. So the short version, Mike Sanchez is uh, his son, Mikey. We go by just for separation. Mikey, they live just outside of Austin. And it's one of those things that, you know, we look for that new talent. Well, here it is. MotoGP, this is a two-wheel version of Ryan that we just spoke to. Mike, we're here at Coda. It's a little wet and we're on rain delay. Gosh, we first met you guys at Colin Edwards Boot Camp, so uh, get us caught up. Yep, from there, we uh, our first step was to play around in the country yep. on little dirt bikes when Mikey was uh, probably two to three years old, and then we started going to Collins because uh, the backyard wasn't good enough anymore. We needed competition, so we went to Collins and started doing a little flat track racing out there. They call it Mad Dog Racing. Took Mikey out there on a little 50, and that was at about three or four years old. And then uh, I figured we better start them on the asphalt before we get behind the Europeans. So that's when I started getting them on the asphalt, teaching them the things that I think that need to get done. Fast forward about three years or four years, we went to Spain. We went to Spain just to kind of check on it. And I confirmed everything that I was doing was kind of in the right direction with road racing to teach the kids and let them, uh, let them ride, let them experience a bunch of different motorcycles and stuff. And we continued flat tracking and road racing, mini GP racing here in Texas. And uh, when we went to Spain to just to get an experience for a couple weeks, we learned about who some good people were to good connect with. Uh, we went there this year, uh, 2021. We worked on some things, uh, learning new motorcycles, learning new racetracks. He's ridden on, I think, uh, three or four GP tracks now. He's ridden on Estoril, Valencia, Jerez, 
and Motorland Aragon, and he's had some success. He's uh, gotten up to the podium, and he's won a race at Jerez on the Moto 5 category. We're just currently training and learning to, learning to work at it, but keep it fun, and that's why we're in Spain. Well, you know, how old is he now? He's 11, and uh, I think he's on par for worldwide 11-year-olds. And uh, when we're here in America, we have a good time, like we're here at CODA today, and we're trying to enjoy ourselves yet work at a GP track to where we, we sharpen his skills and keep his mind straight, and, but also have fun back at home. But uh, what's the future hold for you? I think we just continue on our path. We, we continue in Europe, and we live in Spain right now. We've been there for about four months, and we're going to continue with this and, and keep climbing the ladder. The ladder is Moto5 today. Moto4 is next. Then we try to hit some pre-Moto3 stuff uh, in his early teenage years so he can prepare for a run at Moto3, and that's the idea, because without Moto3, it's gonna be quite a challenge for anybody in the world to continue on the path to MotoGP. So that's what we're looking for. Uh, the steps are Moto5, 4, 3, and then the sky's the limit. And Mikey always has his eye on the sky. He kind of uh, naturally expects to go to MotoGP, and a lot of odds are against him, but you see the fire inside of him and his personality, I think, we're going to make it. It takes the family and in fact it's the community. You've got a lot of great support around here. With my wife and myself and Mikey, that's who we travel, that's how we, we travel together like that. It takes a big commitment and uh, really she's just as big of an influence as, as me as anybody else on Mikey as far as trying to pursue his dreams. Alrighty, there you go folks. Well, we're going to Keep following little Mikey Sanchez and the family, and uh, we'll keep you posted on things. Check out uh, the Facebook social media, and we'll get some links out. Uh, always looking for sponsorships, of course. This doesn't come easy. So, uh, well, best of luck from the Speed City family. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Les, I, when you first called me and said, hey, I got an interview with an 11-year-old writer, I was like, my goodness, I think that's going to be the youngest interview. I said, how long did you have? You said all three or four minutes. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good. And then I realized it was his dad. So that was Mike, the dad. Right. But that is his father. But, uh, how, but you got Mikey to, was, but you, you, you spoke with Mikey a bunch, right? He's, I mean, he's obviously pretty mature for his age as well. You know, this kid is, uh, this kid is good. You know, he's still an 11 year old, no matter what, but yes, uh, this kid has a lot of maturity around his motorcycle. In fact, today, they, this morning, they took the next step. He got on a GP 250 bike for the first time and took laps out at Coda, running with some of the advanced track day sessions. And he was making lunch of a whole lot of adults on much larger bikes. And uh, we're, we're not talking about the rookies out on track day. These are, uh, these are well-seasoned adults. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, this is really fun that we can follow these young guys uh, up the ladder and, and especially from the area. I mean, that is so cool. I mean, this is what we dreamed about several years ago. Exactly. You know, you heard Mike mention that they have moved to Spain now and they're splitting the time because that's where 11 year old competition is. You know, it, it, there's just not a big enough part of that here in the Austin and in, uh, in the States. Well, I want to, uh, we've had a lot of interaction uh, about the Formula One tickets that we're giving away, and we give some away on our Formula One show that you can hear every Grand Prix weekend on national radio and go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out uh, where to listen to that. But also, you can go to our website at speedcitybroadcast.com slash win, and you can enter there because we are going to give away multiple sets of Formula One tickets to the race here in Austin. I don't know what happens if we get a second race. We will cross that bridge when we get to it. And we want to thank everybody who has participated, either calling the show or entering. And to let you know, we're going to get caught up on communicating with all you folks. And we're going to get some swag out to the people who don't win tickets, whether it's hats or whatever. So uh, make sure that you, uh, you stay communicating with us on our website there and go to our website if you want to enter. But... Uh, but thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to our guests, Ryan Sheehan and Mikey. And thanks to Jonathan and, and Adam Andretti. They did a great job this weekend. And, of course, everybody, we will talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.